in the studio with San and Leo. San, welcome. Hi, nice to meet you here in the studio, Graham. It's good to have you here. We're, we're going to venture into an area which I'm not proficient in. Mm -hmm. Tokens, blockchain, all that stuff. So hopefully you can kind of help us understand from the the non-technical perspective, because that's the world that you come from into this world as well. So hopefully you can kind of you know unpack that for people who don't understand. Not everybody understands this space. So mm -hmm. please sort of don't necessarily assume that everybody here is you know has a computer science degree so we're going to have to understand it from the layman's terms if that's mm -hmm. possible um we're going to talk about infinitus token we're going to talk about your journey to getting here we're going to talk about you know how you got into a technical space from a non-technical area maybe we can start at the top and talk about infinitus token let's put that on the table mm -hmm. what exactly is that is uh, we are a blockchain-based decentralized application. So right. it's a project that is focused on helping crypto wallet users store their private keys or password or PIN codes. Uh, in fact, you can use it for any kind of alphanumeric data that you would like to store and keep private. Mm. So essentially, that's what we do. And we are a mobile application, so you can download it on your mobile phone. Okay, so what does it mean to somebody like myself who, how would I use something like that on a day-to-day -day basis? Because you say you can store any kind of data on that. Okay, so um, right now our target audience uh, is a very niche and specific uh, segment. Uh, that is the crypto wallet users. Right. And you, your question would be like, why? Mm. Why is that? It's because crypto assets, unlike the cash in your bank, um, you don't have any legal recourse or any recourse if you should lose your password. Right. So unlike a bank account, if you lose your password or your PIN, you can call the customer service, you can reset your PIN mm. uh, easily on the website, you can go walk into the bank and prove who you are with your ID card and the bank teller will do it for you. Right. Now in the world of blockchain or crypto, uh, there is no reset button, there is no customer service to call, there is no one to run to, uh, you're just on your own. Yeah. So uh, our application came up because we want to solve this uh, problem that people have. Right. Right. So it's a trust problem as well, isn't it? It prevents a lot of people getting into this space or, you know, buying cryptocurrencies because of this issue, right? I know you've got it on your website and maybe you can sort of just flash that up. You did a presentation and I think it's kind of important. If we can just get that, have a look at that. Maybe we can just, Barrett, if we can have a look at the presentation side, there we go. We're just having a flick through this. And the first slide here, it says it's very easy to lose crypto. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Because if I was to read mass media, mm. you know, coverage of cryptocurrency, mm. this is the first thing that we see, isn't it? About some sort of exchange has gone down or somebody's run off with billions or millions. What's going on at the moment? Can you sort of walk us through what the situation is from somebody inside the market? How safe is it? And what's the reality? Um. You know, back to what you just mentioned, I don't think it's just really about a trust issue uh, for the users as well. I think at this point, it's pretty geekish. Unless you have a tech background or mm. you really understand cryptography or programming, it's really just hard to get into the, the, the space. Why is it easy to lose crypto? Because uh, of just simple human error or human right. failure. Uh, I don't need to memorize a 51 character private key. I can't even remember a four 
number numeric uh password that's on my phone mm-hmm. or six digit right. password because you just don't remember such stuff right mm-hmm. because i don't have one wallet i don't have one e-wallet i probably have like three e-wallets i probably have operate four email accounts like my work my personal account so uh it's just too demanding the world is changing it's just too demanding so Mm. it is easy to lose the crypto not because there is a deficiency in the technology because the cryptography is a good technology it is almost unassailable or infallible it is the human that fails not the technology we are the weak point in this so how realistic is that i mean how often are people losing stuff and what happens when they do lose the password or the access to their account uh the people that i've spoken to or that i know um they don't do they they can't do anything except trial and error. Right. Right. So you all you can do is you sit in front of your computer, you just keep trying the different password until you get it. Mm. And uh, there is nothing else uh, for them to do. And right. if you lose it, you lose this password, you basically lose all the uh, uh, coins or tokens, or your Bitcoins or your Ether that is inside this wallet right. forever. Okay. Is there any legal recourse there? No, not that I know of, yeah. So what would be the equivalent if we look at in the bank, retail banking world, if I was to lose my card or my password, there's a bit of a convoluted process, isn't it? But I could get it back legally. Yes. I have a right to access that. Yes. So what are we talking about here? If I was a user of an exchange or a Bitcoin wallet, Mm. crypto wallet, Mm -hmm. for example, if I was to lose access to that, am I out in the cold? Is there nothing I can do? Yes, you're out in the cold. It's almost like we're in the 1930s uh, or right. 20s where, yeah. I don't know, have you heard of bearer bonds? Yeah. Right, so bearer bonds, bearer asset, bearer, uh, basically anything, cash coupons or mm. checks. Uh, this is it. this crypto world right now is as primitive as what it right. was. So I don't really need to know that Graham is Graham. So long as Graham comes up to me mm. with a bond certificate, holding the bond mm. cer- certificate, I'm going to and cash it for him. Right. Or I'm going to give him uh, uh, money. I'm going to give him cash. So in this crypto world, it's almost the same. I don't know that Graham is Graham or I don't need Graham to prove that he owns, he is the legal and rightful owner of this particular wallet that mm. has certain amount of Bitcoins inside. He just needs to show up with that mm. wallet. So mm. in this in this crypto world, the only way that you show up is mm. when you know the private key. Mm. And in many cases, people forget. Yeah, it's almost impossible to remember it. Right, and there's been some horror stories, hasn't there, of people who've lost, we're not just talking thousands, they've lost a lot of money. On yeah, so there are like people who mine uh, the coins, right. and then they throw out the entire uh, hard drive, right. or they throw out the entire yeah. uh, laptop that contains the, the wallet, the keys, yeah. or uh, simply is just forgotten. Yeah, so yeah. Is, is there a lot of money just out there floating around which is unclaimed? Oh, yes. So you can easily Google uh, this. The, there are a lot of reports that tell you that they are in. Uh, we don't know if there are so-called laws. Yeah. So they are inactivity. So yeah. I can see that, yes, maybe there are certain Bitcoins that is like floating around yeah. uh, and it's just not active. So chances right. are people just, they might have just lost okay. their key. So there's no way of turning out because there's no way of sort of going to that, that, that 
that Bitcoin or that wallet and understanding the who the yeah the legend yeah. understanding who owns it, right? No. Okay. And yeah. that's that's the flip side of having a decentralized ledger, isn't it? That's the the downside of it all because in a in a very sort of centralized world, somebody has to take responsibility, and that would be the bank, and they'd say, okay, right, we'll follow up somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a problem. How do you come mm-hmm. into this? What what, do, what is it that you guys do? Mm-hmm. How do you solve that problem? So what we do is we do not uh, we are a complement product. So mm. we are like uh, your shoelaces for your shoe. Mm. We are a complement product. We are like an accessory to your wallet, mm. to anyone who has a wallet. We are not trying to replace a human behavior because I think most people are still going to store their private keys on pen and paper, on a notebook. That's what really? I do. Really? I write, Is that how yeah, you do it in this day and age? Yes, I, on... I write it down on my notebook. Wow. I fold it on a piece of paper. I put it inside my drawer that right. is provided that it doesn't get lost miraculously. Uh, I think people are still going to store it on the USB thumb drive. Right. They're still going to store it on Excel spreadsheet or some Word document or on their uh, mobile phone somewhere. Hmm. Right. So Infinitus is not here to, uh, it's not a substitute product. We're not here to replace them. We're just here to compliment and say that, hey, I'm giving you another alternative. And more importantly, uh, we are using the blockchain technology to solve the blockchain problem. Because like you see all these other alternatives, existing alternatives or existing solutions that people are using are traditional uh, uh, pen and paper uh, solution. Mm. So we say we want to come up with a blockchain solution for Mm. a blockchain problem using the blockchain to tackle uh, the problem that he has created. Right. And what is that? So how does that work? It's not pen and paper. It's not a pen and paper mindset approach to it. How do you tackle this problem? Okay, so I uh, there's a lot of details on the white paper. So mm. in a nutshell, I'm just going to mm. give you Please. like the quick and dirty of it. Uh, it happens on your phone. It's yeah. an application that you can download. It has three steps. All you need to do is write down uh, the number of days that you would be inactive on the app. So for example, you can key in things like seven days, maybe 30 days, Mm. maybe 90 days. So if the app application that's on your phone tracks that you are not active, Mm. it will deem that you are cyberly date or Mm. users not available. Mm. And then it will send the package, the information package, your key, your data, your anything that you stored to an email address that you have provided for me. Okay. Okay. So this email address, it could be your email address. It could be another email address. It could be your mother's email address. It could be a third party. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Right. And it doesn't matter. So three steps. You key your uh, inactivity uh, period, the number mm. of days. You give me your email. And then you key in your private data. Right. You click submit. And then the magic happens on the blockchain. So the magic is, uh, what it does with your data is that it uh, goes through an atomizer engine. It's like a shredder. So what it does is it encrypts your data. It fragments it. It basically just slices. Just imagine that it goes through a paper shredder. It shreds the information into 100 or 1,000 pieces. And then it distributes it across the decentralized network nodes across our community. So, for example, in this building, there's like 100 people with 100 Android phones that has got the Infinitus app on it. Mm. It will be shredded and each one of them will be holding a tiny piece of your data inside their phone. Right. 
yeah so that's how we kind of decentralize the storage uh, making it I want to say 100% untackable but it's extremely difficult to uh, basically you just if you need to hack you basically just need to hack a thousand or like 10,000 of right. these phones just to get back the data right yeah and when the application is activated the smart contracts just scramble back this mm -hmm. thousand pieces and send the data package to your email right okay that's how it works so let me unpack that a little bit if i'm going to use this app i'm going to key in my my trigger inactivity period which is seven days 30 days or 90 days so if i haven't used my wallet for 30 days i can assume that well, I'm telling your app that that means I haven't got access to it or something unusual in my behavior. Is that Has right? happened to you okay. or you have forgotten something. Right. Yeah. So what happens, obviously, this is an issue if, for example, I just you know don't use it for 30 days and then mm -hmm. all that data gets released. It, does that create an issue at all or? Uh, it shouldn't. Mm. Yeah, because you are the one who decides how long to set it. So if you're someone who forgets pretty easily, yeah. you want to have a shorter day, like seven. Mm -hmm. uh, usually we recommend anything from 30 days to 90 days. And the application runs as a, as a backend application. So you don't have to actively uh, open up the app or go in and, and, right. and take action. Yeah, so it the inactivity it happens when uh, you off your phone, mm -hmm. uh, or you just delete the app totally. Yeah, so uh, it is really, really inactive. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so that's how it works. You say it's aimed at people who are into this in, into this scene right now. Uh, right now, mm -hmm. is that because you're sort of trying to identify who your fans are and sort of build out mm -hmm. from that beachhead? What's mm -hmm. the sort? Of, what's the plan? Does this apply to my grandma? Does that you know? Is it something that she would use in the future? Yeah, we get that asked a lot about our uh, technology and application. So, so uh, like you see, right, Graham, um, there is no restriction to store any form of data so long as alphanumeric. In fact, we can even open up our storage for you to store like photo files or yeah. video files. Uh, essentially, we can do that, but we are not going there yet. And we don't see a need to do that because there are a lot of other applications that is focused on that. Um, I would just say that the key of the entire solution rests on the basis that it has to be, first of all, a piece of information that you would like someone else to know, right. but you do not want that someone else to know today. Right. Okay. Like you probably don't want to tell your wife that you bought a lot of bitcoins, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but I would want my wife to know that I have all these bitcoins if something happens to right. me. Right. You see, so unlike in the tra regular world where we live in, uh, your wife can walk to the bank or he can, she can just call up the lawyer office and say, hi, I'm yeah. Graham's wife. I demand that you release all the money to me because I'm the legal spouse. In this case, uh, no, mm. she can't do that. Even if she knows that you have all the becomes in the world. Right. right. So that, that, that element must always uh, be there. You have to have a piece of information that you want to pass it to someone else or, uh, or at a later date, yeah. or at a certain, uh, or with certain event trigger, yeah. uh, then the solution uh, would make a lot of sense. Okay. So you come from the world of finance as well, wealth management mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And 
my background many years ago I was in financial planning mm -hmm. and mm. I'm just interested in this conversation is that is there any sort of thought or there's any thought put to the fact that there's a lot of Bitcoin owners out there and at some point they're going to die yeah you know and the longer we go on the more of them are going to die what happens then does this come into play here because you're talking about you know an event Mm -hmm. and which they won't be able to access their wallets mm -hmm. and then that has to get passed on to somebody. How mm -hmm. does that work? Does that come into play with Infinitus token? Yes, there's a, there's a good place to talk about the, a little bit of history of how we actually started. So mm -hmm. uh, I come from the financial planning and then the financial service industry. So uh, we deal a lot with uh, wealth transfer or generation wealth or uh, cross-jurisdiction, cross-border assets uh, transfer. Um, these questions uh, typically is something to think about when you don't have to think about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the uh, crypto world right now, most of these demographics, they are younger uh, people. Uh, I don't think they think that they are going to go anywhere because we all believe that we live forever when we are like in the, our 20s. Uh, I just think that uh, we are actually exploring somewhere along the line of doing a smart will or mm -hmm. collaborating with an insurance company. We are actually talking to an in Indonesian party they may want to use one of our uh, our solution as one of the components for their backend process for their users. They have a community of 22 million users. Mm. Uh, we are not as we may white label it, but we are just still talking. So they have a whole chain of a business process, and Infinitus is just gonna fit like into one component. Right, yeah, yeah we, we can't solve like all of it. So we can solve the transfer of uh, private and information and mm. sensitive data. That's what we do. Yeah, because I, I think about this is that you're right. The demographic of people who own cryptocurrency generally skews on the younger side. Yeah. But over time, they're going to get older and more people are coming are in. Exactly, of an yeah. older age. Yes. And um, they're the only ones who know that they have these wallets mm -hmm. and it's just gonna it's gonna create an interesting problem isn't it is that you're gonna see a lot of a lot in time of people who are dying out and leaving this money floating around in the ether mm -hmm. and nobody knows about it mm -hmm. you know wives won't know about it husbands won't know about it mm -hmm. families won't know about it you're talking about wealth transfer well they might not even know that mom or dad had several million stuffed away in a bitcoin wallet somewhere mm. that's a real challenge isn't it yeah so and just to let you know graham we tend not to go into the area of death it's like a little bit tricky yeah. and, and tabooish in asia uh we just have to talk about people forgetting yeah yeah and, and that is that is enough to get right. the crowd roaring because they all everyone relates to everyone, that and everyone yeah. understands the pain of forgetting your password and and then forgetting your keys right yeah, yeah so we're so, terrible we're yeah so right being. now it's just focus on you know simple human failure yeah yeah okay great and how did all this start so you're i mean we were talking a little bit off air and that you're not a technical person by background i mean no. you're not a coder mm -hmm. you're not the kind of person that maybe that can write algorithms by nature <laughs> that's not your background you're you know you come from the world of finance and there was you know services as well how, how did you get into this can you tell us about, about the genesis of infinitus token uh, okay, so the idea originally came to me and Eric, uh, Mr. Eric Song. He's my co-founder. Uh, 
uh, Wii, which is uh, because there was just an era where ICOs were like really hot. Everyone was talking about blockchain, ICOs, tokens. So we just thought that like maybe we should start something on our own. Maybe right. we should have a, a ICO of ICO or something like that, which is a completely uh, very, very lousy and primitive and uh, idea, which we are thankful that didn't take off. And we started talking to our friends. And then we realized that, hey, there are so many people that we know that forgot about hmm. their private keys or their codes or their passwords to their wallets. And we're not talking about like huge uh, uh, assets, okay? We're talking like uh, zero people having 0 0.3 Bitcoin. It's still hmm. a lot of money, right? Hmm. right? Or like things like two Bitcoins. And they just live with it. That means they, they, they just forget it. There's nothing they can do with it. And they move on. They live with it. So we started thinking, hey, why don't we just do a centralized solution that can help people store their password? Because I'm going to ask somebody, like, Graham, I'm going to ask you, would you store your private key to your 10 million Bitcoins with me? You probably wouldn't. I'd think twice. All right. Yeah. So so we came up with this idea and then we were toying with it and we started talking to the blockchain programmers to see if it actually works. And we were surprised it actually works. They were saying, okay, that that is uh, that, that may actually work. Mm. It started out as a novel idea. So we were thrilled by the novelty of it. But as we moved deeper and deeper and we started exploring the different chains, uh, the distributed hash table, the atomizer, and uh, the smart contract abilities, we realized that we can put different components of the technology that's available right now, existing together, mm. and we can create a solution. Right. So do you think you bring something to the table that isn't in the world of blockchain because you don't come from the technical background? Do you see, did you see something that wasn't being talked about? Because you were talking about something that's a centralized solution, right? Mm. And that may be in the world of decentralized ledgers, people might not be thinking in those terms. Were you, do you see yourself thinking differently to the other people out there in terms of... Not really. No? But one thing that I think uh, that that maybe uh, put Infinitus really out there was uh, in the space of decentralized app. Mm. And I would say that 2018 is really the, the, the year of uh, the apps is that uh, uh, I think we had a very special position because a lot of the apps right now out there in the market are, are game related. They are focused yeah. heavily on games or gaming. You mean we, mobile apps generally? Uh, no, the apps decentralized, okay, app, okay. uh, blockchain-based. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, for example, like your uh, Crypto Kitties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome, right? It's an awesome application. Um, so most of this uh, application that you find in the marketplace right now are games or game-based. Right. So, uh, we are like one of I won't say rare, but we are one of the niche, uh, mm. maybe ten or fifteen percent of the D apps that actually has a functional purpose instead mm. of games. There's yeah. nothing wrong with games. It's yeah, just that yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people are not developing it. Uh, you see a lot of very deep tech or heavy-weighted tech uh, companies that are uh, building things like chains. 
Okay, like infrastructure,、mm. protocols, programs, platforms. So moving into the DApps world is like a is like right now. If I can talk in our language today,、yeah. is that everyone is trying to build an iOS、mm. or Android. Yeah. Because if I'm iOS or Android, everybody will be on it, right? So that's gonna be big time money for me. So it takes a while for that evolution to come to a place where there is enough support, talents, expertise, market, of course, funding for. Developments into that streams into the consumer、uh, space, the consumer tech space,、mm-hmm. where then you have things like your application, like Uber, Airbnb, Grab, you know, a Deliveroo. So these are the second layer of application that is more focused on your consumer.、Mm. But for us, we just went right there. <laughs> that is also because we don't. I don't come from a tech yeah,、uh, yeah. background, so I am not like building deep tech. I am very focused on consumer centric tech、uh, tech application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you swallowed a problem. You're trying to solve an everyday problem that people have, rather、yeah. than trying to change the world and build this platform、yeah. iOS, like you said.、Uh, if I could, I definitely right, yeah, would yeah. build、uh, exactly. like EOS or something. But、uh, that's not our expertise.、Yeah. But I believe that in our arena of play,、um, there there will be a lot a lot of different applications that's coming up and different talents looking to solve、uh, different problems using、mm. the blockchain technology. So、yeah. we are just one of the first. Great, excellent. Let's talk about your business itself. How old are you as a company?、Uh, the business, the company started twenty seventeen in September. Right.、Uh, it took us a while to get our tag、uh, rolling and started the white paper.、Uh, we finalized almost、uh, most of our tag back end and the white paper by. Maybe I would say February. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first six months you were just finalizing all your tech and white paper. Just, the first six months was just a lot of just research. Like、yeah. we went out on the street, we talked to people, we went online, we see what people are talking about,、uh, the chatter, the 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 forums,、mm. you know, the trading activities. And Graham, you must remember when we started, it was a crazy boomtown yeah, Charlie yeah, era yeah, of yeah. Bitcoin. More where, than now. Yeah. yeah. It just ran over the moon. Right,、mm. that、uh, closing close to twenty thousand US dollars on the nineteenth of December, twenty seventeen. So when we started, it was like it was all about Bitcoin. Yeah, nobody was talking about blockchain or or the technology or DApps. Like you know, all these are like not non-existent or not important. And then slowly the market start to evolve, and we're talking about the tech. We're talking about application. We're、yeah. talking about、uh, using it for regular folks. So、uh, there is there is a bit of progression from how we started yeah, yeah. to now. Although、Definitely、it's a very、matured. short time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So the, things move fast in a short time in the world. Yeah. So in the blockchain、uh, crypto world, we we we、yeah. laugh about it a lot. It's like、uh, one week in crypto is like probably two years in the、right. real world. Okay, very much so. So you've been going for let me just work this out. So well, coming up to a year, I suppose ten months. Eleven months coming up. So okay, excellent.、Um, how have you funded up until now? Have you privately funded it? Have you raised investment? What was your? You don't have to go into details of the actual rounds or anything. But how was it funded up to that point? Because it's not cheap、yeah. building this technology, is it? So we have our initial backer、uh, is from a family office that is based in New York and、yeah. Tel Aviv.、Uh, 
we have our private fundraising rounds uh, is almost uh, in completion right now. Uh, the details are actually on my website, okay. so you can take a look at it. Right now, we are going to focus to launch our ICO yeah. and then go for the crowd sale round. And then after that, we will uh, probably have the funds to develop a lot of back-end tech that I was telling you about. Yeah, so, okay, so you've published this on your website. Yes. You've you've done two seed rounds, top-up rounds. Yeah. Uh, okay. So maybe in the in the in the ICO, uh, unlike like other startup, we don't really have a seed or angel round right. per se. So we have like a a, a private round, mm -hmm. uh, and then now we are in the ICO, ICO stage. Yeah. yeah. So we can also we are doing uh, our ICO through our mobile application as well. Mm. So people who also want to participate in buying our tokens or participating in this, you can go and download our mobile app and you can buy the tokens via. Yeah. Uh, crypto uh, currency or uh, your credit card so. okay so when you go into an ICO and I've never done an ICO before but I've seen people come and go on the ICO scene so just help me understand is do you go in with a specific fundraise target how does it work do you say we're going to raise this much as you would for example with an IPO mm -hmm. how does it work do you have a target in mind can you share with what you know Oh, yes, uh, you definitely go in with a target. The target is also published. Mm. It will also be published on our website and white paper. Our ICO target is 30 million uh, tokens mm. that is meant for sale. In translation to Ether, that is packed to our USD value, which is at 0 0.24 cents per token. It would right now be about 15,000 uh, Ether. That mm. is like the the amount that we, yeah, you right. we state to yeah. raise. Okay. Uh, and, and this information, are all public so uh, and if we in the event that we don't some ICOs may choose to have a refund they drop call off the entire project mm. uh, for us we are a little bit different because we our tech team is based in Hong Kong and we have already started uh, we have already built and published our app uh, we are going to go ahead with the application uh, and the project uh, regardless of the amount that we raise through the ICO because our soft cap, uh, we are we I, I can't really tell you the amount, but we are almost completed with the soft no. cap. Okay, so you say thirty million tokens. Yes. The, the rough financial value was about five or six million. Was that right? Seven point two million US, US. Okay. US. Yeah. Seven point two million US. And what would that be to fund? Is that to fund growth to scale? You say you have the product. So mm -hmm. what is that for? I would say that 50 to 60% will be uh, used for marketing because mm. again, uh, we are not uh, a platform or we are not protocols and infrastructure where we do like a B2B or, or platform de developers. We are in the consumer space. Yeah. So a lot of uh, money will be spent on educating our users, targeting the crypto wallet users, uh, building the database. And just having uh, uh, let people have a go uh, with the mobile app. Mm. So our mobile app, each of our mobile app comes with one free Infinitus token that's inbuilt so that anyone that downloads it, you can just have a trial and have a go uh, with it without having to buy the token and, and, and use it and try to use it. Sure. So where does the growth come with all of this? Is it come from like you say there's existing core of users that you have and you know monetizing those more or is it to come from like a geographic growth or is it more mass market where do you think the growth will come 
for some for an Infinitus token in that application in your mobile app? Okay, so originally we uh, because uh, we are focused on a niche market, I would say like crypto wallets user. Mm. So that was what we want to do originally, and then we found that the demographics of there are sub demographics within this niche uh, category. So there are desktop users, wallet users, there are core wallet users, hardware wallet users like Trezor. Ledger, hmm. and then there are those that use mobile uh, wallets, right? So in this market, the mobile wallet users are the highest ranking, or the, there are more wallet uh, mobile wallet users simply because it's easy to use, yeah. right? Anyone with a smartphone can just download it, and then you can have uh, Vola, you can have a crypto wallet immediately. So we uh, wanted to focus on the mobile wallet users uh, demographics or mm. this segment of the market. That is the reason why we have switched from uh, doing a web platform to a mobile platform right now. Uh, the growth, the expansion of uh, our growth strategy, uh, we would actually be focused on geographic growth. Right. So we have done our rounds of uh, private rounds of seminars, education, uh, as well as fundraising in uh, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, Hong Kong, New York, where we won an award. Mm. Uh, I just want to tell you that. Uh, in London, recently, we, I just came back like uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Tel Aviv, uh, I think I said that already. Uh, we will, our next, uh, uh, our next region or jurisdiction that we are going, that is set out, we will be going to Korea, mm -hmm. uh, Thailand, Vietnam and Europe. Right. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. The reason why we are going to go into Europe is because we have two European uh, advisors. They were with me uh, yeah. in the London, London FinTech Week. Uh, one is from Spain and one is from Germany. Yeah. The one that's from Spain will be uh, really focused in, of course, the Spanish market and the Latin America market simply because of language. Yeah. So uh, everyone speaks Spanish. So we want to, we will grow our niche market of crypto wallet users, but we will expand. Uh, to to reach out to a global network. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. It's exciting times. How many people are you right now? Uh, not big. We're probably 16 right 16, now. based yeah. in Singapore? Or uh, based in Singapore, based in Hong Kong, based in uh, right. Spain, based in Berlin, uh, based in Madrid and uh, Berlin and Tel Aviv. Yeah. Uh, so that's the five places that so we're... So you're developers in Hong Kong. You said all the products made in Hong Kong. Yeah, the what, tech. What have you got going on in, in Europe? Who are, are they more tech are, people? Uh, strategy and marketing. Oh, so yeah. uh, And China as well. So we just onboarded our uh, Germany and China yeah. market advisors they are our advisors because every time we go into a new uh country uh we need local expertise yeah, exactly. it's yeah. almost impossible for us to move we don't know the culture uh, the way it works the marketing so we always will need to partner with a local hmm. uh, partner and then that's how we will start to do the marketing and promotion for our mobile application right. of course with the focus uh, on the crypto community. Mm. Eventually, we want to grow it. Yeah, absolutely. So growing your team is key to your growth globally in all these different markets. Yeah. How, how do you get the right people? What kind of people are you looking for in your team? I mean, putting a call out there, really, because people listen to this podcast, they watch the video and so on. You know, I imagine there's a lot of people in the crypto space right now, but you must be looking for a particular kind of people for your team rather than just people who use and know crypto well. What is it that you're looking for? Uh, I think we just can't get enough of tech 
expertise, right. uh, especially in the blockchain space, and they are all in Beijing or Russia. So <laughs> they're too expensive for us to hire them in Singapore. Right. So uh, we can't get enough of uh, blockchain tech uh, uh, people, programmers, developers. Uh, at the same time for us, we are, I'm constantly looking for market uh, uh, advisors to grow, right. right? So if anyone can tell me, hey, you know, I can bring you into Taiwan, yeah. Cambodia, Myanmar, Indonesia, we are always very happy to talk to uh, marketing partners. Yeah, what would those people be? Were there people, that obviously they understand the market, but what mm -hmm. kind of background, what kind of capacity, what kind of connections would you be looking for for those people? Okay, so maybe the guys that I've been working with, like in Korea and yeah. Thailand, uh, they come from a tech background, usually doing marketing and promotion for uh, apps, yeah. for mobile apps. So right. they, they are digital marketing companies. Yeah. They are tech companies that have a network or community of followers. So usually these people will work very well uh, with us because right. they have the right crowd. And they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and they're a good bridge as well into these markets, isn't it? They can communicate between different worlds. Mm. And okay, so and why would people want to work for you? What is it that you offer as a culture and as a company and as your vision and so on? What's great about working for you guys? Mm. I never got asked that question. Um, mm. What would you think? I mean, there's so many people in the blockchain space. I mean crypto blockchain they're so they can go and do their own things why would they want to get on board with a company that's growing like you what do you think that offers them well i guess first of all that it must be something it must be a product it must be a solution that they would uh, yeah. believe in or they will want to use themselves and secondly i'm just gonna tell you a really uh, a very cliche thing that uh, i think i have a very awesome team and we're just really nice people to work with yeah so i i, I think the culture the the company culture is uh, is really important so uh, yeah, yeah, we are a young team and probably fun. We travel around the world. Come and join us if you want. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> I mean, all those things check the boxes, right? Yeah. I think as well, I mean, as well, you know, San, you're not to undersell your background as well, that you don't necessarily come from a technical background. Mm -hmm. So that offers quite a lot. And I think probably a lot of the solutions or a lot of the apps out there in the world of blockchain are technical apps developed by technical people for technical people. However, you're sort of coming in from a different angle. And mm -hmm. I think that may offer something to somebody who's saying, actually, look, I see a lot of technology going on here, but I want something real, something that solves a real world problem. Mm -hmm. And in some way you're going quite far to do that. So I think that's a real selling point for people who may be thinking about looking out there, you know, who can I join? What kind of team can I be part of? Interestingly, just uh, because of what you said, uh, there's someone who make a comment like that uh, in London about our tech is that uh, he said he has seen a lot of uh, blockchain applications. They are a solution looking for a problem to solve. Right, yeah. Well, no, we're, we're just solving a problem right. that's just out there, right? We're, we're not trying too hard to create a problem to solve. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, San, it's been a real pleasure having you in the Thank show you. today and in the studio. And thanks for sharing your journey with us. And we wish you all the best. Hopefully everything works out well for you. And it sounds like you've got a well, a big challenge in front of you. A lot of I travel. Do, Graham. Yeah. Right. And building a team as well. 
sounds exciting. So how, how can people make contact with you? Because I'm sure, you know, whether they are potential partners, the technologists who have technology that complements you or the market advisors or those technologists, mm -hmm. you know, who exist in these different markets who want to be part of something, what's the best way to reach out? Uh, reach out to us by email. You can find us on our website, uh, infinitus.io. You can find us on Telegram. You can find us on Twitter. We have people that will respond. Uh, the best way is, of course, email. Excellent. Yeah. Sana Leo, everybody, here in the Age of Tech podcast studio Thank from you. Infinitus Token. Thank you very much. Thank you, Graham.